Hey dads, welcome back to Abba Father Podcast. We are so excited that we have a special episode for you recorded in the wilderness of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, If you listened to our last episode, you know that we were getting excited for this trip and we decided to record a podcast while camping. So the recording quality is a little bit different and the content um, is not going to be in the same format as our normal podcast. But we still have that same desire of helping you grow as a father as we learn more about our Heavenly Father. So whenever the episode starts, Brando's going to be digging right into Scripture and talking about the priest Eli and his responsibility for children. Uh, We hope that it's a blessing to you and that it's edifying and uh, that you come out of this a little bit better father than you were before. Thanks for giving us a listen. Here we go. What text are you looking at, Brando? I'm looking at 1 Samuel 3. Uh, The Lord says to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will carry out against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves, and he did not rebuke them. Therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. And so there is this story here where Eli is being judged. His sons both die, and he dies. And his line is ended forever because his sons did wickedness. His adult children did wickedness and he did not rebuke them. So how much responsibility do does this have any bearing on our responsibility as fathers for our children? That if our children are bringing a curse upon themselves, as First Samuel says, and we do not rebuke them, what is, does that leave us responsible? What do you? So, what do we mean by re- rebuke? I don't know. He did not rebuke them. Uh, the Hebrew word is kiha, which is you gotta say it with more kiha, kaha, fail, faint, darkened, restrained, uh, to be restrained, to faint, to fail to grow dim he didn't weaken darken dim hold back their behavior restrain their behavior so he allowed them to just be in open rebellion before the lord right and didn't do anything to and he of all people as a priest knew number one the standards and number two the consequences of violating the standards right so, if we're all priests, 
Which we are, even if we're not in the vocation. Right. Then we can see a direct correlation to always being willing to testify to our children the Lord's ways. Yeah, because it's... It, so if we're unpacking that word, you know, whenever... At first when I heard rebuke, I was thinking... Just need, tell them. You, you, well, I was thinking it's it's repent. Like, it, I put them in the same category. But that's saying his failure to rebuke them, to restrain them, to to darken their behavior. Basically, he needed to say something about it or do something about it so that they would stop. Right. That's the judgment. His His inability to... Or unwillingness to unwillingness to um, know about their behavior and not, and and not do anything about it because they had a higher calling in which we do as well. So perhaps the the teaching here would be as people of a higher calling being God's people and priests we need to say something if we see something <laughs> we yeah. need we need even if even if there are adult kids so we have we have a we have a we have we're in a good spot with young children mm-hmm. to be able to correct them and discipline them and rebuke them when their behavior is poor this might be also indicating that even as adults, we still hold that same, we still bear that same mantle. Right. Yeah. I think for me, I was telling Cameron this earlier, I think for me, I don't, when I first read this and like it started to hit me as a father, what Eli's experiencing this judgment because of what his sons have done. I think that's what initially hit me, but now I'm looking at it. His judgment is for what he failed to do in restraining, in stopping his sons. Um, but I think so many times, like, I think what hit me initially was a fear that I'm responsible. I'm on the line to stop my kids if they start to do something wicked. But no, the, the key is rebuke. Right. That's what you can do, and I think what I'm, where I'm kind of coming to now is I think maybe it's just a reminder of just how much I I, I say this a lot that I think the measure what true manhood is is taking responsibility for yourself and for others. I think what I think that's what being a man is biblically is to take responsibility for yourself and for others. And I think that this gives that a whole nother level to say you are responsible for them. You need to take responsibility. Because what was the expectation? That even though while while they were adults, he was supposed to be invested enough to speak truth into their lives. To try and do something to weaken their wickedness to to make it grow faint yeah to restrain it somehow you think this goes counter to this goes counter to our parenting and fatherhood culture today 
because I, I I don't know about you guys, but I I I feel like we it's almost in our culture we have this expectation that we are like once our kids are grown they're on their they are on their own right and their behaviors are theirs to own their their choices their moral failings their you know even if they walk away from the faith we did our job on that front end but once they're adults especially in our very individualistic culture right if they come if they have a moral failing we're like I did my best, you know, and that might be more of just a world's thing. I know for me, I would be, I would be grieved and want to do everything I could to help Quest in her adulthood to, to grow and to, you know, find the Lord again or to, you know, repent, (coughs) repent from a a moral failing of some sort. But it might be, you know, I'm, I just think. There might be a, a cultural thing here that it is a reminder that yeah even even in our hyper individualistic culture we we as parents don't stop being parents when they move out of the house right not only do we not do we stop being parents we don't stop being priests and our children don't stop being our disciples yeah I mean, I am wrestling with that and the the whole idea of when a man, a man must, you know, it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Uh, there is a separation. And so I am wondering just how much this applies to just every father-son relationship, father-daughter relationship. And maybe it's more to do with the fact that his sons were priests and they were profaning the sacrifice and him as the senior priest should have been doing something about it. Sure. Maybe that is more of what's going on here. Contextually, yeah, contextually, that to be faithful there to the text, yeah, that's going yeah. on for sure. I think when, Brando, when you mentioned the fear of like, oh man, am I on the hook for... My, my children's you know, unfaithfulness or unbelief we also need to make sure we as dads anybody listening knows that like there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ right so on on the final front there's there's nothing but security and peace with God for us yeah and, and that, that nothing, no, no, no sin of someone else, will ever snatch us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Right. And that is a, a real comfort. But like Matt said, we're, we're grieved indescribably so. When, that happens, and I'm not saying we, because we have small children, but. In my family, there is grief, for an adult child in my own family that is not walking with the Lord and you know, my parents are believers and I haven't talked to them recently about it in depth but I would I guess that for them they're not fearing for themselves their their concern is obviously for their child who right is still under the wrath of God and it's not to say and I'm sure your parents have 
spoken with this adult child and attempted to bring them back and have not simply just let them do what they're going to do. Right. And then continuing on in a relationship with hope and redemption in Christ as your goal, right? I mean, that's part of the culture, too, is like like Matt was saying, we're all individuals. I'm not going to judge. You live your life. You're an adult. You make your own decisions. On one hand, that's the big pressure of our culture, but you can still testify to the truth and not do what Eli did um, without celebrating the unbelief. Right. Does the parable of the prodigal son mess up mess with that? I mean, that that is a <laughs> an adult adult son saying, "I'll go ahead and take my inheritance now," and and then sure, yeah, there's some go off and do my thing. Pieces there. Was there, you know, was there rebuke in that story? Because we want to, because uh, as there was always, repentance. Like the person knew, like the the right. son knew. Yeah, I mean, but, and, I, and I think that's yeah. a parable that's depicting God, right? Yeah, and His relation to us, to to sinners. Uh huh. Not necessarily I, parenting, right? <laughs> um, well, what I'm trying to do is is make make sense of the scripture with other scripture and right. kind of navigating through that. Well, that's always a good instinct. Absolutely. Um. I think I think for me at the end of the day I don't I want to have a proper understanding of my responsibility to my children. Yeah. I think that's the key. Is I want to know um and I and I think what this passage has done for me and many others, you know, I think about um as a as a pastor the many um passages that describe the qualifications of a pastor there are several that include um, you know, he must have his children must all be uh, pistis believers faithful some form of that um, or another passage that says the uh, an elder must um, manage his household well and is keeping his children in submission um, and you know, I've always been kind of under the assumption or under the uh, tradition that while they're in your household, hmm. that has to be true. Yeah. Um, well, once they're out of your household, that's not your responsibility anymore because they're not, you know, they leave, they're they their leave, own household, they leave and cleave and create their own household. Yeah. And, um, but there is still this responsibility, and maybe it, maybe it is Eli is more. It's more an issue of the profession <laughs> that he had that his sons also had. Um, I just want to have the proper perspective of my responsibility to my children. I mm-hmm. I think there are two ditches we can fall off on to say I'm responsible for everything that they do, and I'm on the hook if they mess up. That's a ditch on the one side that is wrong and then there's the other ditch that you can fall off on is to say what's well, their problem that's not my problem that's yeah good. and that's not that's just not showing love right because if we, if we truly love them it goes beyond just acceptance or 
or you know thoughts and prayers go about your day, or even whether they're our responsibility or not. Right. Like if we care about them, yeah. It won't matter what's in it for us; it's for them. Right. Yeah. Because God loves us enough to discipline us and rebuke us. It's when you we were describing the story of Eli earlier. It was almost like an anti um, Messiah, like the fact that Eli wouldn't stand in the gap and and offer rebuke and testify the truth to his sons is like the opposite of what Christ does with us. Yeah, like Christ sees us in our profaning of the altars. And stands in the gap, not only with rebuke of, this can't continue, but then makes a way. And and the story of Eli is kind of like the opposite, where he has the responsibility to do that and fails miserably. Yeah, because if he can't do it to his sons that are closest to him, how could he do it to the people that that are called to be separate? Right. That he's supposed to be shepherding. Right. In, in one way or another. Yeah, because he's the priest. He's he's the one that's supposed to be the go-between. Wow. That's a really great insight to think of this picture of Christ in relief. <laughs> the, the picture that's... Yeah. He, Christ it appears as the opposite. Yeah. Of the failing priest. Right. He's there as the perfect example of the opposite of what Eli is doing. Yeah. yeah. And we want to be like that. The obedient example. priest. We do not want to be priest. like Eli who was only interested in feeding his face. And, okay, I mean, that's another thing. Is he, that what the text says? He was very he was fat. Like, wow. He was like a glutton or yeah. just wasn't interested in... Righteous actions. He was more interested in just eating all the choice portions. Wow. So there's there's more than just bad kids. Right. <laughs> right. There's other other things. When it says that um the thing one of the things that his sons were guilty of was picking out the the best portions of the sacrifice and and keeping it for themselves to eat it and hmm. it, when Eli dies it says that he was so fat that he fell over and broke his own neck oh my goodness and so he was obviously benefiting from his son's actions by getting so fat it seems so it was a family affair of wickedness yeah so and he being the, the father and the, the main priest and that gives a that gives a whole nother conversation light. was happening yeah. with him that that gives it a whole nother light uh, maybe I didn't look deep enough at the story <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have these conversations they're very helpful who's the priest after Eli oh that's a good question <laughs> well Samuel becomes the prophet and judge uh. after Eli Samuel's involved in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Samuel's not of the priestly line, so he doesn't become a priest. Don't believe. This campfire is nice. Agreed.
So we want to follow Jesus' example and not the stories like Eli, which the Bible, including these stories, is a grace to us. Yeah. That we see it, and you're right to have a healthy fear of what does this mean for me? Right. I think... I think... Yeah, the two ditches are really dangerous. But I think the ditch that more people are in danger of in our world today is the, yeah, the hands-off, this-isn't-my-problem approach. The... Um, even while they're in our homes, many dads take their hands off and say, well, you know, they're going to do, boys will be boys. They're going to do what they do. And that's not the right approach. Um, At least that's not the approach that God gives us. Uh, So what do we as dads do when we're raising kids that are not walking with the Lord? It's easy for us to say, be a man take responsibility but like what if you're a dad that like struggles with confrontation who struggles to like I've sinned a lot in my life so how am I going to tell my kid like where do we go from here as far as dads because it's hard to stand in the gap and right because obviously Eli himself may have had some issues do you want to make sure it's still recording Oh, it is when it's off. I, I tested it before. Cool. Eli had issues, but he could he could repent. Yeah. But it also starts with, I I think with role modeling. That's a that's a. Well, and it's not role modeling moral righteousness. It's more it's role modeling repentance, right. and humility. Right. Because if we if we hold this impossible standard over ourselves and pretend around our kids that we are the moral perfection yeah. then they're gonna they're gonna also hold this moral weight above them and that moral weight has been canceled yeah yes we need to live in righteously but it's in response to what Jesus has done not we need to live righteously so that we can earn Jesus, what Jesus has done and I think we can we can easily fall into the trap of I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna role model to my kids moral perfections and hide my imperfections so that when they grow up they'll be just like what I'm showing them instead of just like me. Right. But the but showing them that in light of moral failures, repentance is. Repentance through the Holy Spirit and conviction and response in a way of submission to God is the way to live. Not pretending that everything's okay, but showing that we are all we are we are sinners, and that that even Daddy (laughs) makes mistakes and needs to ask God for forgiveness and strength to live more like Jesus. Yeah. And that takes humility. That's probably the hardest of all because we have this 
this weight sitting on our shoulders that we need to we need to show our kids how to live right and not make mistakes and so we have to swallow our pride and and show that which is hard and maybe can suck I think yeah I think um, what we kind of talked about a couple nights ago was transparency with guidance is pretty key to being a good leader in our of our kids um, dad like we have to we have to be able to talk to them about these things we have to be able to talk to them and give them guidance where we can and if we're not seeking the Lord, that's probably the number one thing. If we're not seek, if we're not seeking the Lord, they won't be. If we are just trying to live a moral life and not seek God, right? If we don't act like Jesus is King <clears throat> of the world and King of our life, how would how how could we expect our children to to emulate that and see the same thing? except by their own convictions in their own adulthood later on in life or whenever that happens but they wouldn't hear they wouldn't learn it from us yeah i can't help but be really thankful that we're we're discussing these things while our children are so young <laughs> yeah yeah we have none of we have so little figured out um but <laughs> and that's okay that's okay right we, yes we we the <laughs> just like you know it's it's the same theme but of this this thought that we need to be perfect fathers right and it's it's really not it's not a destination we arrive it's the pursuit right and just the fact that you listener her interested enough in this podcast and fatherhood and and Jesus guiding that and our father you know guiding that yeah is is already a step miles ahead in the right direction yeah that we you're care the, enough you're in the pursuit yeah you're right <laughs> you're yeah. in the journey right and we're and yeah we're going to fail miserably and we're probably going to grieve over our own actions and our own imperfections as fathers but man, like we, dads, we we have not received a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we received a spirit of adoption. Yeah. And we, we know that in that adoption comes guidance and conviction and that burning desire that you have, and I know that we have to be the best fathers that we can be, and using the guidebook of Jesus and his life and our father as as our compass is 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 already in the right direction we are still got so much to learn yeah but we're learning it from the truth and that truth is going to mold us and shape us and sanctify us not only in our personal lives but also as as fathers
we're all just a bunch of dads, a bunch of dudes trying to stumble our way towards Christ and bring our kids along with to Him as well. Mm-hmm. Figure out the best way to do that, and that's that's all He calls us to do. He doesn't call us to be perfect. He calls us to follow after Him. Um, as imperfectly as we may. Mm-hmm. And yeah. part of that is not taking lightly the responsibility right. yes. of part having of... A, a little disciple yes. under under your under your, your household. Right. Part of following him is recognizing that I'm also supposed to be bringing these others with me. Yeah. As best I can. Yeah. And... It's a journey. It's an adventure. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It's it's not. It's not only evangelism at a street corner or on a college campus. Yeah. It it happens in our homes. Yeah. Actually, it happens more in our homes than it happens there. Right. And man, dad, you know, dads today, if we could grab a hold of that, take it seriously. Yeah. And raise up little Jesus-loving disciples that will go out into all the nations out of our house. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that that gets thing. the good dad label. Yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Can't let it go. Um, my... Yeah? My... my you're gonna edit this, right? <laughs> is your is your tomato? No, my butt's so wet. <laughs> you can't let go that your butt's wet. <laughs> like I'm kind of very uncomfortable. That's why I'm standing. <laughs> I won't edit that out. Okay. That's real. That's raw. That that's I, wet. I'm trying to avoid it being raw. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let go that we we're camping. That's why we're camping, and it's been really fun. Yeah. And we <laughs> we fought fish for several days and finally stinking caught them. Yes. And ate them yes. with, with vengeance. <laughs> it felt good to eat the fish meat. <laughs> Take that fish. We got you. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we got to share the short story about that. Yeah. We, we just failed miserably with lures. So, and this is our last day before we go back to our homes. So we went out and got live bait, got some worms, and we were starting to get some bites. We got a couple panfish, some bluegill, and um, what was it called, red bear, something? Yeah, um, red deer. Red deer. Yeah. So we got a couple of those, and so that got us excited because something was biting our hooks for once for the last three days. And there were these big bass yes that that were were just sitting there taunting us yes i hit them in the body and face with my bait yeah so many times and then i hooked one with my lure (laughs) and it's fin and it's i still couldn't catch the stupid thing and then something magical happened and one of these little minnows bit one of my worms and i hooked him and he became the new bait (laughs) so he was now on the hook and that's how we landed a largemouth bass. A really big one. Yeah. 
a really big largemouth bass. I'm not going to claim how long it was, but it was big. Yeah. It was heavy. It I, was quite it large. Was, it was, its mouth was was big. And 15 so. inches, 16 inches. Like every anytime you give inches when it comes to fish, nobody will ever believe us. <laughs> okay, a foot. It was, it was a plus it was large. As, it was as big as my hands are far apart right now. <laughs> yeah, it was that big. Yeah, <laughs> you'll just have to imagine wherever you're listening to. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that was a lot of fun. The Great Lakes are pretty. If yeah. you're a listener in the Great Lakes area. Your your land has been very hospitable to us. Yeah. A lot of awesome people up here. So my can't let it go is thankfulness and also just a, a request. So any of you dads out there, um, what I am so thankful for is to have two brothers, two best friends that pursue Jesus pursue their wives pursue their children intentionally in a way that glorifies God and man dads if you do not have that I pray that you will and let me just tell you it's it is it is life changing to have mm-hmm. godly men in your corner mm-hmm. fighting for you, fighting with you, and praying for you, mm-hmm. keeping you accountable. And they're also a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Seek some dude dads out. Yes. And that community can come from a lot of different places. Um, we are very you know, blessed that it came from college, and we've held on to that for... 10 plus years it may be a church it may be a workplace but you got to be intentional you got to seek it out find those find the believers and cling to them yeah we're we're not in this alone amen and the body of christ is a body for a reason and we we need each other and just this trip alone is for me personally uh, can't let it go moment of of how how precious it is to have kingdom godly friends and fellow dads to help us help me work through not just being a dad being a follower of Christ and being a being a husband right on <clears throat> Right on. Never let that go, bro. Don't let it go. (laughs) Can't stop, won't stop. Love you guys. Love you, all those dads out there. Go on a camping trip. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Eat the fish. I should buy tomatoes. Hey dads, thanks for joining us on this special episode recorded live in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan on a camping trip that me and the guys had. Thanks for so much for um, sticking with us for over a year now 
And we pray that this has been an edifying journey for you as it has been for us. If you want to contact us, you can find us at abbafatherpod at outlook.com. There'll be a link to the email in the show notes as well. We'll be back to our regular programming and show style and recording very soon. We look forward to seeing you then. See you later.